from the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here. Only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Kate Turkington Travels with Kate. Every week we go together to either places domestically here at home or we travel overseas and go to some wonderful places. And as I've told you, I don't talk about any place that I haven't personally been to. So you know you're safe with me if I can recommend uh, somewhere. Or also if I tell you don't go, don't ever go uh, there. Okay, and remember you can email me at kate at high dot co dot today. And remember high C H A I Kate at high dot co dot today. And all the places or most of the places I talk about, you'll find lovely photographs, not always taken by me, um, on my website which is kateturkington dot com. So today I thought we'd start off by talking about some of our national parks here in South Africa. I wonder how many of you know how many national parks we have. Put up your hand if you know. I can't, I can't see you. Somebody I'm sure is guessing 12. Somebody's I'm sure maybe guessing 15. Let me put you out of your misery. We have 19 national parks in South Africa. We are so, so lucky. And tip, buy a wild card. A wild card is a card you get from samparks.org. It's, I don't know how much it costs now, but it does give you then access to all of our national parks. It's a one-off buy, and that will see you through. And you also, too, get discounts on accommodations sometimes if you've got a wild card. I'm just going to read through. We'll talk about some of the, talk about some of the parks after the break. But let me tell you what the 19 parks are and they're in alphabetical order. Addo Elephant Park, Agulhas, and they're all national parks. I'm not going to say national park every time. Ochrabis, Bontibok, Camdebu, one of my favourites, Garden Route, Golden Gate, Highlands, Kuru, Kalahardi, I think probably after Kruger, my very favourite, Kruger, Mapungubwe, Marikele, Mokala, Mount Zebra, Namakwa. I don't think I've ever been to uh, Namakwa National Park. Not quite sure. have to check. Table Mountain is a national park, as you know. Tankwa Kuru, a national park. The West Coast National Park. And one I definitely haven't been to, Ace, the Richter's Felt. I think you need a very strong driver, very strong people, and a very strong vehicle to go off to the Richter's Felt. So maybe you've been to many of those. Maybe you've just been to a few. I'm going to just talk about a few of them after the break, so 
Stay with me. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here, only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. I'm Kate Turkington. You're traveling with Kate and you're on 101.9 High FM. And we're talking about our amazing, diverse, stunningly beautiful national parks in South Africa. I mean, how lucky are we to have 19 national parks? I don't know the numbers in other countries. I've never looked them up, but I do suspect we have, we are a country with perhaps more national parks than most countries on earth and all totally different. Addo Elephant Park, I've been to what I remember about, I once did a, a, a trek, uh, a walk, the Sunshine Coast Walk. We started at Addo Elephant Park. Where did we end up? I can't remember. We went all the way along Kenton on Sea right the way, right the way along the coast. It was a five day uh, hike, but it was one of these slack packing hikes where you don't carry your own stuff. Uh, you actually go from place to place and they have your stuff ready for you when you arrive exhausted uh, that night. But what I remember most about Addo, of course, are the flightless dung beetles. I think I'm right in saying it's the only place on earth where you can find flightless dung beetles. So they are endemic to Addo. Elephant Park, and there are big notices everywhere, more or less saying, please don't run over us. Uh, we're flightless dung beetles, particularly at this time of year, between about November and early March, when they're very busy building building their nests. Agulhas, of course, Agulhas is at the very tip of uh, South Africa. Am I right? I didn't look it up. I have been there. Isn't it where the two oceans meet, where the Indian Ocean meets the Atlantic Ocean? Ochrabis, I don't know if you've seen on Facebook or on social media or in the news recently, if you've seen the volume of water there is at Ochrabis, it's absolutely magnificent uh, at the moment, so I'm well worth visiting if you've never been there. Bontibok, I haven't been to, not quite, not quite sure about it. Kamdabu, of course, is in the Eastern Cape, and the Plains of Kamdabu, lovely book written many, many years ago by Eve Palmer, the wife of Geoffrey Palmer, the thriller writer, about her uh, growing up on the plains of Camdebu. Stunningly, stunningly beautiful. And right next door to it, a very big private reserve called Samara, where they have reintroduced cheetahs, they've reintroduced lions. In fact, just before lockdown, I was at Samara, maybe a bit before that, uh, where they just reintroduced the first lions to come back to 
the natural environment in Canterbury, and we're driving along one night, and suddenly we see this lioness appear, and the beauty of it was that she was pregnant. So they were really hoping to establish the lions in Canterbury again. I must actually follow that up for you. The Garden Roots, of course, I've written uh, textbooks about love the Garden Roots. I'm sure most many of you have been to the Garden Route National Park, which stretches right the way along the coast. They're not quite sure where it starts, maybe Mossel Bay or a bit further down, but then goes all the way to um, where the biggest bun- bungee jump in the world is Storms River uh, mouth. Golden Gate Highlands, wonderful. You can see the grey reed book there. You don't often see them if anywhere else. They've got very long donkey-like ears, very strange-looking creatures, and, of course, wonderful rock paintings, wonderful rock paintings. If and when you go to the Golden Gate, just don't go to admire the scenery. Hire yourself a guide and get somebody to take you who knowledgeable to talk about those uh, rock paintings. The Crewe National Park, that's the one at Beaufort West. Lovely place to stop over if you're driving, let's say, from Johannesburg to Cape Town or Cape Town to uh, Johannesburg. Lovely, lovely little national park with excellent accommodation. Lovely little stone cottages. I think, though, if you're going school holiday time, you've got to book up probably a year in advance to get one of those cottages. But there are all sorts of things to do there, including a lovely little fossil trail. Only takes you about 20 minutes, maybe half an hour to walk along it. But you've got little fossil sites described as you go along the the little uh, walk there. And, of course, the Transcolor Hardy, I mean, it's spectacular. Problem is, if you live in Johannesburg or or Cape Town, it's an awfully long way uh, to get there. I mean, from Johannesburg, you've got to go via Kimberley to Uppington. Then you've got to drive from Uppington, but so well worth the drive when you get there. Um, the camp, the main camp is called Tui Referen. That's the one that has air-conditioned chalets. It's got a shop for your basic necessities. But what you can do at that camp, they do wonderful, wonderful walks from the camp and they do lovely, lovely guided game drives. Really worth doing those. Again, if you're thinking of going to the Transkalahadi, book up well, well in advance. And if you have got a suitable vehicle, if you have got a a 4x4, go to one of those wilderness camps. Sometimes it's only four tents set behind dunes. So it's just you and nature and probably a pride of lions lying in front of your uh, tent. Wilderness camps, lovely, lovely camps. Kruger, of course. Kruger, at the moment, I have a friend who WhatsApped me last night. He's at Lataba. He's actually camping. And, I mean, it's like 
Noah's Ark and the flood, the Letaba River is so high. I believe, I'm not sure of this, this is anecdotal, so I'm, I'm not sure of it. Somebody told me that the whole Sabi Sand Reserve had actually been closed down because of the rain, because of the floods. And as you know, we've got more rain at the moment, and we've got more rain uh, coming. So uh, check out Kruger, if you're going off, you're going anywhere to the low felt, in fact. Map and Good Way, you must go to because it's our past. This ancient kingdom that was once there, the ruins, they're not as magnificent as Great Zimbabwe and Zimbabwe, but they're still magnificent and evocative of the city, the people, the traders who live there. Again, Go, you book into the park, but then get a guide, go to the visitor centre, get a feeling of when the city was there, what the people were doing. Nobody knows why it suddenly vanished. Was it a plague? Were the enemies? Who knows? Who knows? Makala, I think, is the most recent national park, and I'm absolutely, I'm actually not too uh, sure about that. I must... I must look, uh, I must look that one up. Okay. And the last, the Namaqua Table Mountain, uh, probably most of us has been to. Tanqua Karoo, I've been to. West Coast, obviously you go for the flowers. And only if you've got strong people, strong vehicles, a strong constitution and strong bones will you take yourself off to AS. Rittersfeld. So those are our 19 national parks. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here, only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. Travels with Kate, 101.9 High FM. I want to tell you about the trip I made to the Seychelles few years ago now, not all that long ago, but a few years ago, I, I was on a press trip with three journalist colleagues, and we'd had four days of tropical island luxury, and we arrived at the small domestic airport to come back to Johannesburg to be told we'd missed the connecting flight. I mean, the time zones are different on the different island. So we had an extra two days on the uh, Seychelles because it wasn't our fault we'd actually uh, missed the flight. We could not have been marooned at a special a more special place. It's one of the world's, I think, most coveted and beautiful uh, destinations. And I'd visited most of the Indian Oceans before. I mean, Mauritius is everybody's idea of a tropical island holiday, except when they've got a cyclone. Of course, and especially if you've got kids. I mean, Mauritius is a wonderful place for kids. And I mean, they breathtaking marine life of the Maldives is 
unbeatable. I mean, you stay in a chalet which stands in the water. It's on legs. It's on four legs, actually, standing in the ocean. And you stand on your deck, and there are manta rays. Uh, see, it's like being in an aquarium, your own private aquarium. But without doubt, of all the Indian Ocean Islands, for me, the Seychelles are the most beautiful. First off, think Jurassic Park. There's thick, primeval-looking forests covering mountains, and in turn, the mountains and the forests cover, well, they obviously don't cover the capital, but they come right up to the two biggest islands. Mahe is the capital, and the other one, the, the one most visitors go to, is Praslin. And you actually feel as if a dinosaur could poke its scaly head out of the undergrowth and give you a beady eye at any moment. So think tall, lush ferns, ancient trees, profusely flowering bushes, coconut palms, stretching up to the rocky mountainsides and the deep valleys. There are little red birds flitting about, blue-faced doves call, amber-coloured snails, huge amber-coloured snails glide along the forest paths, giant fruit bats, which look for all the world like mini pterodactyls. They glide into the palms at dusk, where, if you think hardy dogs make a lot of noise, you've never heard a big flock of, flock of fruit bats. Very, very noisy. And then the Port Launay coastal wetlands are home to seven different kinds of mangrove trees. And mangrove trees always, to me, they've got those very leggy roots, and they always look to me as if they're walking in the water. But here you've got fish and crabs and shrimp and insects and migratory and resident birds all among the roots and branches of the mangroves. But you might wonder, humans? Well, humans were here. They were settled here for more than 300 years perhaps for much longer by the people who came before. Very, very little is known about uh, those. But so, so interesting. On top of one mountain in Praslin, the island of Praslin, there are steps hewn out of the rock leading down to the sea. Now, geologists claim they're the work of wind and water erosion. But historians believe that the Phoenician sailors thousands of years ago, 3,000 years ago, carved them out of the uh, rock. So there you are. That's the Seychelles. And I'm going to tell you about some of the things you can do there. You can paddle, you can swim, you can snorkel, you can dive in the calm turquoise waters, and you can eyeball gorgeous coral reefs with the technicolored fish of all shapes and sizes. You can have a go at windsurfing, sailing, kayaking, or you can just mosey along in a pedal boat. The sea is so calm, so smooth. Take yourself out in a pedal boat and just mosey along the coast there. If you want to keep your feet on the ground, you can walk, 
You can jog, you can cycle. There are fitness trails which run along the coast through the forests and the mangrove uh, wetlands. And if you're an adrenaline junkie, you can go rock climbing, you can whiz through the forest company, uh, canopy on a, a zip line, or you can go abseiling down a cliff face with an experienced guide. But maybe... Like I was, well, I was there to work, to write a story, but you're just here uh, to relax. The public beach, Mahe, Mahe's public beach is called Beau Vallon, Beau Vallon, breathtakingly beautiful. I went there in the middle of the day, and apart from a couple of small families, the the nearly, I think nearly a kilometre long stretch of powder white sand was deserted. It set back from the sea, shaded by very carefully planted vegetation. The only thing, the only ugly thing in sight is a huge Russian hotel straight from the blockhouse school of Soviet architecture. As if somebody had picked that up from the old days of Soviet Russia, those huge, ugly blocks like prisons almost, and plonked it on the edge of one of the most beautiful islands in the uh, world. And all sorts of people come to the Seychelles, long a European favourite, because especially of the French, because they were the very first settlers that we know of in the 1700s. Now you get Russians, Brits, Indians, Chinese, visitors from the Gulf states, African countries, and of course, uh, South Africans. Okay, and well worth going uh, to... If you're interested in wildlife, turtles. It's a turtle paradise. The Seychelles is the nesting place of both the green turtle and the critically endangered hawksbill turtle. And I was strolling along the beach one day and a guide popped out of nowhere and pointed. It had actually been... um uh, there was a notice there I hadn't seen. There was a turtle nest there, so he just warned me, please, uh, please don't go there. And, of course, the markets. <laughs> Got to go to the market. Fish dominate the entrance to the market. There's mackerel, there's hammerhead sharks, there's barracudas, fat red snappers. Then after the fish session, you get the vegetable and the flower and the fruit uh, section, giant pineapples like you've uh, never seen. Then you get the stalls selling coconut oil, spices, saffron, salt. And upstairs in the market... You get your cotton sarongs, your flowered shirts, your painted placemats, your shell jewellery, all kinds of handcrafted uh, curios uh, on display. And most of them, must tell you, have got the ubiquitous turtle motive. So just five quick reasons for visiting. First of all, it's gorgeous, beautiful. Uh, lots of different cuisines of the world. You've got to visit the Mahe market and buy locally produced sarong shirt dresses. Uh, watch a sunset from the beach. Do whatever 
you like. I mean, flights are still expensive everywhere in the world, but if you're going to choose an Indian Ocean Island, I think you do very well to choose the Seychelles. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM travels with Kate. And this is the time in the program where we talk books. And I know so many of you are book lovers and you love reading and books will never, never, never uh, go out of fashion. I like to think that AI, whatever, whatever new uh, technology comes up will never, ever be left without our books. Anyway, joining me today is Mika Gotcha from Jonathan Ball Publishers. And we're going to talk about something I had never heard of before I actually met her the other day. And it's something called Book Talk. Now, I know many of you will have heard about TikTok, but I want, and I know you think it's just teenage girls dancing up and down. On the contrary, TikTok is now being used as a business tool by many, many companies. So, Mika, first of all, maybe somebody not listening or somebody who doesn't know the ramifications of TikTok, just explain TikTok to us 101, first of all. All right. So TikTok is a short form video app that has really taken the world by storm since the pandemic in 2020. And I think what makes this a lot different from any other social media platform is that it grabs attention very quickly. Videos range from 15 seconds to three minutes, but they usually stay on the shorter side. And with people's um, attention spans becoming shorter and shorter, it's become the perfect way to grab people and to hold their attention for much longer. And I think that because of how its algorithm is built, videos get seen by a lot more people at the same time. So videos can go from zero to a million views overnight, mm. which causes them to go viral. And that's what makes TikTok such a unique space. And so important for businesses to harness that. So it's not just your sort of teenagers dancing up and down. How would, just before we come to book talk, how would a business yes. harness that, Mika? I think the main thing is that TikTok goes through these phases of trends. Yes. And someone in the marketing department of a business should be able to pick up on these trends before they get really big and be able to hop onto them no matter how ridiculous it may seem. Give me an example the, if you can. I'm going to use the most ridiculous example I can find, but there was a trend on TikTok where people would show a figure of Shrek dancing in the sky and brands, big brands from all over the world posted these ridiculous videos of Shrek dancing in the sky and even though it didn't have something particularly to do with what they offered as a business, it would still 
gained so much traction and so many views from their audiences that their brand would still get recognition through posting a silly, ridiculous video like that. <laughs> now, <laughs> this brings us to how does this translate to book talk? Because it's only when I met you for the first time I'd even heard, maybe I'm embarrassed to say so, but I've been <laughs> asking around since and many, many people I've asked have never heard of book talk. So explain book talk to us. So TikTok is an interesting space because it has created so many unique and niche subcultures within the app where people can share what they love and what they would like to talk about online. And I think one of these niche areas on TikTok that has grown tremendously is BookTok. And it all started when in the pandemic, people were picking up books and they wanted to share the reactions to reading these books with their audiences. And mainly these videos consisted of people crying about the books they were reading. <laughs> that these books gave them such a visceral emotional reaction that they just had to share it with the world. And these videos went completely viral and it started a whole trend within the TikTok space to promote books. And how do the publishers use that? No, let, let's so, say, let's say, let's say, just for example, I've read yeah. uh, a novel for the first time. I've really loved it. I do a little 20 second video of myself laughing because it was so satirical and so clever and so funny. How would a publisher use that to, to publicize their books? So, the big thing with publishers as well is picking up the trends quite early on. So if they notice that a singular book is being talked about more and more, what they could do then in that instance is send out sample copies of that book to prominent video creators on TikTok and ask them if they would like to read and review the book as well. And through that, they can harness that type of trendiness of that specific book to market it even more to their audiences and say, oh, but we've got something similar to that and then lead readers into the same type of category. So so lots of people listening, I'm sure, who are thinking, how can I access BookTok? How, how, how do I actually access it? So when you install the TikTok app, it can be quite intimidating at first because it, it's not it's it's not showing you content that you would normally engage mm. with. Mm. So TikTok runs on an algorithm that um, shows you videos based on your behavior. If you watch an entire video to the end or you rewatch it for a second time, there's more there's a more likely chance that you'll see more of that specific content on your TikTok feed. If you engage with it or comment or like the video, it will also show you more of that content. So if you'd like to get to know the TikTok or BookTok space, when you open your TikTok app for the first time, it will show you all those ridiculous dancing videos. But yeah. if you search the term BookTok, it will start showing you more book-related videos. And the more you engage with that content over time, the more the algorithm will learn to recommend those types of videos to you directly. 
I'm, I'm can't wait to do this. Now, what sort of books are on there? Am I only going to get sort of Mills and Boone romance stuff or yeah. <laughs> what, what am I going to get? Will that depend on what I, I watch? You know, obviously, the more I watch the thing, the algorithm's going to pick that up and feed me more content. But how do I make sure I'm getting content I enjoy? So how I like to explain BookTok for people who have never engaged with it, with it before is that BookTok, BookTok kind of ranges into three different subcategories. So your first and most popular category that you get on book talk are your romantic comedy romance chiclet type of books yeah these usually come with like a cartoony cover and they rely heavily on book tropes and familiar storylines and this is a subsection that has done really well for us in terms of books such as the spanish love deception by elena armas is a good example of that where these two rivals in an office kind of have to fake date in order to convince their families that they're in a real relationship. And then they start getting feelings for one another and it ends in a happily ever after. So, <laughs> And did that, that got millions of, of yeah. hits. Yeah. Yes. That particular book was actually self-published in the beginning. And because of all the attention it got on TikTok, Simon and Schuster picked it up and now they are publishing Elena Armas's third book this year. Yeah. So if there's an aspiring romance writer out there, this would be one way to do it. Yes, of course. And but it's not just about romance. I see a subsection that has also really done very successfully is the fantasy genre on TikTok. Yeah. So We've had a lot of high fantasy novels come become very popular on the platform, and specifically books by um, female authors, books by people of color, books that show a lot of diversity in the fantasy genre. For instance, one of our really popular book talk books has been Babel by R.F. Kuang, which came out last year. And it's Just repeat story- that title for us, Mika, and the author. It's Babel by R.F. Kuang. She's an Asian author, and she wrote about um, Oxford in the 1800s, and she came up with this interesting magic system that uses translation of words to kind of harness a power. And the book is about colonialism and the transfer of power and how words hold a lot of that power, and specifically through translation and that book gained so much attention online because of its very current subject matter, even though it was set in history and it is a more fantasy-driven book because of its very current subject matter surrounding white supremacy and colonialism. It did so fantastically. And people get to engage with that type of subject matter through TikTok as well, specifically through BookTok. So you don't read the whole book on book talk. Well, I I think people or do. do. You? I'm 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 trying to get my because I haven't used it because I wanted to hear from yeah. you first. If if I yeah. wanted, for example, to read that particular fantasy about Oxford, how would I access yeah. the whole book? So people usually get um, recommendations from TikTok from a viral video. 
And what's then happened is they are then led to buy these books in store. Okay. Stores have now put up their dedicated TikTok made me read it sections. You'll see them quite prominently in exclusive books. And the bookstores will then be able be able to cater for people who are looking to read these books that are recommended through social media and they will be able to read them and have then like give their okay. own opinions through reviews and videos so it's almost like reading a, a, a critique but you're watching some something or somebody who has been absolutely thunderstruck by a particular book or whatever and you then are excited by the video you've seen and yes. then you will go and find a you you will then go and find the book in a bookstore or online or whatever. I'm talking to Mika Gotcha. She's from Jonathan Ball Publishers. Mika, you were talking about, you said there were three categories. You said there was the romance category that got a lot of traction, most traction, in fact. And then the second category was fantasy. What's the third category? The third category is one that stands out from the others because it is a category where the books make you cry so hard that you have to keep doing it. <laughs> For example? There are books, books that come to mind is obviously the most popular book on TikTok since 2020 has been Colleen Hoover's It Ends With Us. This is a book that deals with domestic violence and abuse and how complicated relationships can get and a lot of people have really been touched by this novel and have filmed themselves crying over how sad it can get it ends with us colin hoover yes oh. it's one of the most popular books on tiktok and and how how did it all start did somebody make a video of themselves crying how did how yes. did it gain traction yes it's it's difficult to pinpoint because so yeah. many people were talking out about that particular book at the same time but somebody must have filmed a video of themselves having that visceral reaction to the book which went completely viral and it has just snowballed from there. I mean, Colleen Hoover is one of the best-selling authors in this country right now, if you look at the charts. Yeah. Her books have done astronomically well. And, and it is... Uh, so do, do you, as a company at Jonathan Ball, do you make your own book talk videos? Yes, Jonathan Ball is actually active on TikTok and our social media team has been working quite hard to establish us as a publisher on that platform. And we actually last year did a dedicated event where we invited TikTok creators in South Africa who create content about books mm. to a, an event space. And we had a chat with them. We handed out some books. There were, it was a fantastic event that we did. And they created content surrounding it. So we're, as, as a publisher, trying our best 
to harness the power of TikTok. And and to bring it back to listeners, so if somebody listening had read a particular book, I'm thinking of one I've just so enjoyed, Barbara Kingsolver's Demon Copperhead. If I made a little video of myself with the cover uh, uh, saying what a wonderful, you know, I'm being oversimplistic here. I could just put it up on the social media platform and see what happened. Yes, and I think particularly with books, it's always helpful to mention the publisher, yes. to use the hashtags that go with it, because TikTok also uses the hashtag-based system where you tag your video so people can find it under that specific term. So if you go hashtag book talk, hashtag book recommendation, and tag the publisher, the people will start engaging with it if they are looking for that particular okay. content. So it's hashtag book talk, uh, book talk, hashtag book recommendations, and what was the third hashtag? There was just tagging the publisher. Oh, just tagging the they, publisher. Yeah. And what about the yeah. name of the particular book? You wouldn't do that. The, because the cover is shown quite prominently. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's such a visual platform that's not always it, needed yeah, as well. It, uh, it sounds fascinating. I can't wait to yeah. I can't wait to have a go at this actually. And then just to change the direction a bit, what what's happening with audiobooks these days? Well audiobooks they are becoming increasingly popular because I mean you can attest to this as well. Life gets so busy that one never really finds a good time to sit and pick up a book and read it. People are increasingly rushing around, working over time, getting stuck, doing all kinds of things, and then books the wayside. (laughs) So audiobooks have really helped a lot of people get back into reading through listening to the audiobook in the car or doing it while traveling. And it's a lot more accessible for a lot of people. So how would I access audiobooks, let's say, on Jonathan Ball? So Jonathan Ball books are also distributed through all audiobook platforms. I mean, there's there's Audible that's run through Amazon. You've got Scribed. There are quite a few apps that offer audiobook subscription services that one can access, and it's, they even give you the option to sample the book before you read it so you, you can see if the narrator is someone you'd like to listen to because if you're stuck with someone for oh, 24 yes. hours... I mean, you've got Jeremy Irons uh, reading something or John Carney uh, reading something. So, uh, you know, I'm putting myself in the minds of people listening perhaps who aren't always techie. Um, you would just Google audiobooks and then the apps would come up and would direct you to them. Yes, and most of them have quite a simple subscription service that you can sign up for monthly. And it's it's very user-friendly in most cases. But if you are more tech-savvy, you can do some shopping around and see which platform suits you best. Yes, yes. Some offer more than others. Some of them have a different price model. So it's all about seeing what fits you as a consumer best. So you can listen on your phone or you could listen on your laptop or wherever. Exactly. 
And then you you mentioned earlier about how you know authors who were totally unknown or uh, uh, you know had never been published before have suddenly found fame and fortune through book talk. If somebody is thinking, everybody thinks they want to write a book, some a prospective author, how would they go about publishing or or or? Um, giving themselves a bit of publicity on BookTok? I think social media is the most powerful tool any new author can use. And listening to what consumers are responding to, what types of videos catch their attention, how can I properly market my book, is extremely important in publishing nowadays. If you really want to stand out in the market, you need to make yourself available on these online platforms and really put yourself out there. All of these authors that have gained success on TikTok were on TikTok in the first place and were reaching out to people and trying to get their book out there. Mm -hmm. It's an active process from the author's behalf, especially if they are self-published. Yes. Yes. And then, I mean, you're a publisher, you're an amazing young woman. I have to ask you, what do you like reading best? Uh, I I think I really do enjoy a wide range of novels, but I think lately I've been leaning a lot towards the romantic comedies that TikTok recommends. I'm a big listener of TikTok recommendations, I find that they are predictable and easy to read. And with everything going on in the world, it's sometimes lovely to just have an, a quick escapist <laughs> to enjoy. And and it is a fact, I know, that most publishers, their biggest market are the, I don't know what you want to call them, the Mills and Boone uh, kind yes. of uh, novels that we all read at some stage and maybe are still reading. Yes. I mean, if you look at the worldwide publishing trend, romance is one of the most successful and highest grossing genres on the planet. People just cannot get enough of it. And it shows up in sales and how people respond to these books. And that's why Mills and Boons is still around to this day, passed from generation to generation, from mother to daughter. (laughs) I find it so fascinating that a genre that is mostly read by women is the most successful genre on the planet. And I think, as you say, you hit the nail on the head there, it's escapism. When, you know, it's not only gloom and doom, but just getting away from everyday life. Fantasy is escapism. This is why uh, television shows like Game of Thrones took off. I'm I'm sure it's getting away from sometimes the, the rather awful real world and getting into something that's going to give us joy and delight and comfort and relaxation. Exactly. You've you've completely hit the nail on the head with that. I find that's also why these fantasy books do well on TikTok as well, is for that escapist element. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. 
Mika. That Mika gotcha from Jonathan Ball Publishers. I mean, she's given us so much uh, information there. I can't wait. Go. You've got to get on TikTok first of all. I'm on TikTok. I think I've been on about three times. Very easy. It's a free app. Just go to your Google Play app or whatever and install TikTok on your phone or on your laptop or whatever. Then go to book talk, uh, book talk and then book hashtag book uh, hashtag book talk hashtag uh, author recommendations or book recommendations oh, goodness me I can see a lot of my spare time a lot of the very little spare time I have going now but that's all for, to, all for today uh, I hope you'll be back with me Next week, thanks to Uzi, my controller, Harry, my producer, and to all of you. Lots of love, be well, travel safely, look after yourselves, and of course, look after each other.